Blog Talk Radio. He's a man who's going to tell you like it is. You can never be afraid of something that you don't know about. Now that's ignorance. And for us, ignorance is not bliss. He's a man who's not afraid to talk about the real issues and not skate around it. Don't you think it's about time that you got tired of where you are? I mean, you have got to be ready for God to do something for you and let him move. He's a man who loves his God, his country, and his people. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not too fond of the political state of the world, and particularly the U.S. as it is right now. But if you want change, you have to make it happen. You can't keep settling for less than what you ought to have. He's a man who's sowing seeds of life, love, and liberation to anybody who's willing to hear. There comes a point in time where everybody just needs to shut their mouth up and listen to God. And God is the one who will lead us, and God is in our truth. He'll tell us everything we need. That covers every area, every facet, from politics to church to you name it. God's got it covered. He's a man that seeks the heart of God for the people of God. You're listening to Zero Today with Pastor Lorenzo Neal. Do what we always do. Open the show up with a word of prayer. 
Yeah, God, we honor you. We thank you for the day. We thank you for your grace and mercy. We pray, oh God, that everything we say will be edifying to your people and glorifying to you. This is our prayer. May the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart be acceptable in your sight. Amen. Uh, we have a very special, uh, I always say have a very special show. Every show is special to me. Maybe because I'm a special person. I, I think that's what it is. I'm a special person. <laughs> anyway, uh, so but we have a guest who, uh, hopefully if time permits, uh, we'll have a guest in the person of Robert Kennedy III, and he'll be talking at the bottom of the hour. He'll be coming on, and he'll be talking to us about strategies to uh, having becoming a new you. Uh, 28 Days to Be a New You is a newbie is the title of his book. He's a coach. He's an author, and he'll be sharing uh, uh, things from his his book. So we're looking forward to having him on there on the show later with us. Uh, but before we go into that, before he comes on, as I said earlier, today marks the 50th celebration, 50th anniversary of the National March on Washington, protests on Washington March for freedom and jobs. And um, while it has gained um, significance in history, it was a pivotal event in history at that time. Um, a lot of key persons um, spoke, figures, Marian Anderson and um, so many others were there and, and participated in that, in that great event. It was one of the few moments in history where you had a large, diverse crowd Hundreds of thousands gathered um, and marched through the streets of Washington all the way to the Lincoln Memorial where they were uh, greeted with songs and speeches. And um, few people have, have uh, realized the diversity of, this, of the entire program. I've, gotten I've had the opportunity to view the program from that event and the speakers and the performers. You know, it was amazing to me how diverse – uh, it was, and how controversial it was. The, the performers, so you had Bob Dylan, you had uh, uh, Marian Anderson singing, you had, um, what's that? Jeez, um, I can't think. It slipped my mind just that quick. I'm going to look it up. I, I had it up, uh, but they had, you know, they had a lot of different, a lot of different, different uh, performers and a lot of celebrities were there. Uh, Harry Balafonte, um was one. Um, uh, Dick Gregory, of course, was one of the out, uh, uh, outspoken comedians of his day was there. And several others, you know, Sammy Davis Jr., a, a lot of celebrities were there. And not only that, but you had Charleston Heston, um, several other uh, white as well as black celebrities. But it's been it, it has been uh, caricatured in so many words uh, lately because the the primary um, identifying voice of that uh, that event has become Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and his famed "I have a have a dream" speech. Um, so there's going to be plenty of people playing that speech over today. You know, uh, I've already seen some on Facebook and you know, replay or re, uh, posting the speech. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to play the entire speech for you. I, I, I think uh, the entire speech has been 
has been, again been caricatured and lost into the uh the the last part uh the latter part of the speech that dealt with the I have a dream and for a lot of people they don't even realize that that part of the speech uh, that was unscripted part of the speech that shows the eloquence that Dr. King had uh when in speaking that was not written he it was uh, I would I would say it was ad-lib it was part of a sermon that he had preached before that he incorporated into his uh his message and his speech was only 17 minutes long give or take uh not not even 17 minutes long um I I guess almost 15 minutes if that but it was a short but powerful speech and integrating all the principles of the Constitution, the Founding Fathers, Scripture, uh, all of that into it, and the prose of his his uh, the prose of the speech is is one that has been attempted to be reproduced and has not been. And as a kid, of course, like so many others, you know, I recited this speech plenty of times. So, but I'm going to play this clip, uh, the opening clip of the speech from Dr. King that has come to be immortalized and overshadows the uh, entire march. So let's listen to this clip uh, of Dr. King. And this is just, it's only a, the first few minutes of the of his speech, but I believe the first few minutes of his speech are the more powerful and pertinent uh, moments of his speech. So let's take a listen. time I have the honor to present to you the moral leader of our nation. I have the pleasure to present to you Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr. I am happy to join with you today in what will go down in history as the greatest demonstration for freedom in the history of our nation. Five score years ago, a great American in whose symbolic shadow we stand today signed the Emancipation Proclamation. This momentous decree came as a great beacon light of hope to millions of Negro slaves who had been seared in the flames of withering injustice. It came as a joyous daybreak to end the long night of their captivity. But 100 years later, 
The Negro still is not free. One hundred years later, the, the life of the Negro is still sadly crippled by the manacles of segregation and the chains of discrimination. One hundred years later, the Negro lives on a lonely island of poverty in the midst of a vast ocean of material prosperity. One hundred years later, the, the Negro is still languished in the corners of American society and finds himself in exile in his own land. And so we've come here today to dramatize a shameful condition. In a sense, we've come to our nation's capital to cash a check. When the architects of our republic wrote the magnificent words of the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence, they were signing a promissory note to which every American was to fall heir. This note was a promise that all men, yes, black men as well as white men, would be guaranteed the unalienable rights of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. It is obvious today that America has defaulted on this promissory note insofar as her citizens of color are concerned. Instead of honoring this sacred obligation, America has given the Negro people a bad check, a check which has come back marked insufficient funds. All right, that was Dr. King Marks for his speech on the uh, Mall of Washington uh, in front of the Lincoln Memorial on the march, during the march for freedom and jobs. And if you if you heard him, he said that it's you know a hundred years ago, uh, five score a hundred years ago at the time of the speech, uh, Lincoln's Proclamation of Emancipation was still uh, <laughs> basically ineffective. Null and void the condition and social situation situation of uh, blacks had not improved or had greatly diminished. And for some, you know, they they you know you heard the cheering and when he, especially when he said that uh, they wrote us a check, but the check bounced, <laughs> came back insufficient funds. And um, for him to say that was a very bold statement. And, and, and put this in the context now, in the context of this speech. We're pressuring President John Kennedy to be more engaged in the civil rights movement. The freedom riders with, with the sit-ins and protests that were going on, with the demonstrations as, as blacks were being held. You know, uh, just being indiscriminatory. I mean, it just being uh, harassed, and he's drawing on the spirit 
partially drawing on the spirit of Eisenhower when Eisenhower intervened uh, during desegregation in the 50s. Just about eight years prior to this march, and uh, things had progressed drastically in the civil rights movement from the time of the uh, Montgomery bus boycott to the time of this of the telling of this uh, the giving of this the uh, organizing of this march uh there was more oppression more oppression more uh here in the south more uh or un uh yeah unrecognized uh uh why it was you know why it was openly celebrating it openly the conditions were just bad, but blacks were leaving the South to go to the North, and one, uh, one speaker was noted as saying, well, until we get the hoses off us, off us in the South and the rat chewing on us, uh, biting on us in the in the, in the North, was rats from biting on us in the South and the rats from biting on us in the North. So I'm I that uh, King said that, and I will go so far as removed from this speech that King said. These words that that King said in the in the uh, introduction of his his speech, or uh, I will say fifty years from that addition. Uh, well, we do have voting rights. They did pass the Voting Rights Act in sixty. 63, 64, as as a result, not because of political pressure, you had people not care, and I guess I say on, in both parties, all parties were lost civil rights, and they are the ones who pushed for it and got it passed in both houses of Congress. Voting Rights Act and for the Civil Rights Act. Uh but <laughs> the the flip side of that is because there were democratic leaders as president uh, as president. Uh that moment this after this after this march it, it, it shifted the paradigm shift politically overwhelmingly for the Democratic Party and left the Republican Party. Even Dr. King, uh, Dr. King was a registered Republican. Um, Mega Evers, A. Philip, uh, who who was one of the organizers and instigators for the march, was a uh, not to promote a particular party. But to to put this within the historical Republican Party were uh, primary facilitators of Reconstruction, and it was then that a lot of them, a lot of blacks, got elected to Congress and got elected to offices that that they were not uh, able to be elected in. So I didn't intend to get on that, uh, but the parents mentioning. Uh, that should have occurred hundred years 
Reformation has not occurred even 50 years, 150 years afterwards. Even though we have more liberty, if you hear, we have more liberties, but the disparities were are still the same. They marched for at jobs, freedom and jobs. We have the freedom, but we don't have the jobs. We're still the highest. Uh, we are the only minority group with the highest unemployment rate. We our minority, the black, uh, unemployment rate is still hovering around twelve percent, which is higher than the you know the entire country. So that that says a lot. I said all that because. Um, while we have we, while we have advanced in leadership opportunities, and even if we have a uh, you know biracial pres- president, black president, however you want to call it, I, I don't I don't even know what to say anymore, you know, because <laughs> he's not identifying with either, you know, he's not really identifying as black until it you know is uh, serves him politically. Uh, because he identified as black with the Trevon Martin thing, and, but aside from that, he's not identifying with black. <laughs> I, I don't know what to put it. But again, I'm digressing on that. Um, the, the the point is that we have not – we've done – instead of doing full movement, uh, we've done just a sidestep. You know, we basically got to 63 – uh, we 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 just saw a lot of advance, but the more advanced we got, the more upward movement we got, the greater the disparity became because uh, you got saw a greater increase in unemployment, and of course you saw a great we have been seeing a greater increase in violence among Black Americans. Now I'm only a generation removed from um, from. The civil rights movement. You know, I was born in in, in the seventies when integration was still kind of actually in some places it was just being really. Imp- I grew up in the age of uh, reverse segregation, where blacks were intentionally segregating themselves. Uh, in, in schools today, the kid black kids are intentionally. Uh, I use maybe. Black culture, while it is embraced more, and it always has been, white folk has always loved black people's culture, our black culture. We saw as recently as Sunday night with the MTV Video Awards uh, is over stereotypical and is not is not a uh, a sincere. I made it, kind of. I don't know. Let me. Let me. So, uh, Dr. King has the the whole movement, the whole moment in history has been basically uh, um, made into this. So we recognize it not as the anniversary of the march for freedom and jobs, but the anniversary of uh, the "I Have a Dream" speech. What can I say? But there was another person there. Um, and um John Lewis, US representative John Lewis out of Georgia, uh was also there. Uh at the time he was the chairman of the student nonviolent uh 
um, uh, coordinating committee. And 23 years old, he was there. He was he was the uh, youngest speaker there uh, at 23, and he is the only living uh, today. And he spoke uh, just this past Saturday as they were recreating or attempted to recreate or commemorating, however you want to put it, uh, the March on Washington. He spoke, and um, during his initial speech in, in 63, he, it was so controversial, his first speech was so controversial, that it to be revised several times. As a matter of fact, it was revised up until minutes before he spoke. And his sense of putting accountability on the government for what they were not doing scared even uh, – well, it scared everybody. <laughs> you know, he was just ready to say, look, y'all ain't doing you know what for us. Uh, and the rhetoric was uh, asked leadership. While they were saying nonviolent, they eventually began to take on a more uh, militant view, especially after uh, Stokely, Car- Stokely Carmichael became the chairman. You know, they they became more militant until they disbanded in in the re- rebrand themselves, but it didn't work because they saw that this nonviolent. <laughs> but anyway, he, his speech was really, really, uh, really radical. I spoke in Saturday at the at the 50th commemoration. So I'm going to play a clip from that speech. Uh, this is Representative John Lewis speaking at the 50th uh, anniversary of the march. Let's listen. Moment. This is John Lewis, Congressman oh. John Lewis of Georgia, the only living speaker from the 1953 March on Washington here to address this crowd. 50 years ago, 50 years ago, I stood right here in this spot, 23 years old, had all of my hair and a few pounds lighter. So I come back here again to say that those days, for the most part, are gone. But we have another fight. We must stand up and fight the good fight as we march today. For there are forces, there are people who want to take us back. We cannot go back. We come too far. We want to go forward. Back in 1963, hundreds and thousands and millions of our brothers and sisters could not register to vote. When I stood here 50 years ago, I said, one man, one vote is the African cry. It is ours too. It must be ours. I also said, some people tell us to wait, tell us to be patient. I said 50 years later, we cannot wait. We cannot be patient. We want jobs and we want our freedom now. All of us, it doesn't matter whether we're black or white, Latino, Asian American, or Native American. It doesn't matter whether we're straight or gay. We're one people. We're one family. We're one house. We all live in the same house. So I said to you, 
my brothers and sisters, we cannot give up. We cannot give out. We cannot give in. We must get out there and push and pull. Now, I, a few short years ago, almost 48 years ago, well, 48 years ago, almost 50 years ago, I gave a little blood on that bridge in Selma, Alabama, for the right to vote. I am not going to stand by and let the Supreme Court take the right to vote away from us. You cannot stand by. You cannot sit down. You got to stand up, speak up, speak out, and get in the way. Make some noise. The vote is precious. It is almost sacred. It is the most powerful nonviolent tool we have in a democratic society, and we got to use it. Back in 1963, we hadn't heard of the internet. We didn't have a cellular telephone, my iPad, our part. But we used what we had to bring about a nonviolent revolution. And I said to all of the young people, you must get out there and push and pull and make America what America should be for all of us. We must say to the Congress, Fix the voting rights act. We must say to the Congress, pass comprehensive immigration reform. It doesn't make sense that millions of our people are living in the shadow. Bring them out into the light and set them on a path to citizenship. So hang in there. Keep the faith. I got arrested 40 times during the 60s, beaten, left bloody and unconscious. But I'm not tired, I'm not weary, I'm not prepared to sit down and give up. I'm, I'm ready to fight and continue to fight, and you must fight. Thank you very much. Uh, U.S. Representative uh, John Lewis out of Georgia. A very poignant speech, um, but again... He was what he was putting forward, uh, particularly with voting rights. Um, you know, uh, he he referenced the civil, uh, Supreme Court. You know, trying to take away voter rights, but in actuality, he what we saw, uh, what we are seeing is states. But uh, what, what what it was is that states actually did what the uh, Civil Rights Act, Voting Rights Act, told them to do. They reformed voting. They gave, uh, you know, they did what they were supposed to do to allow everyone the opportunity to vote. And it said once this uh, time passed, you know, at, at it passed, the states, if they had done, if they had stuck to the uh, legislation, then they would. Unfortunately, a lot of states are choosing, later are are choosing to uh, implement. Uh, voter ID act, and I, 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 some, some part of me understands, some part of it doesn't. But uh, uh, and then he talks about comprehensive uh, immigration reform. Uh, uh, while while that is no noble, noble uh, 
We all immigration process. Um, there's already legislation on that. It's just the problem that it's never been enforced. It's not being enforced at the federal level. It's being enforced at the same issue that helped create the uh, the tension that rights. You know what? You know what? Valerie of the state bus covered. Both are considered sovereign. Uh, the government cannot fully infringe on the uh, the the rights of the. Cannot fully infringe on the federal government. They're separate entities. Collectively, we are a sovereign nation. However, and, and you know, you know, don't, I, you know, don't take my word for it. Go ahead and research it for yourself. Rights in. And what brought about this? This uh, one of the factors that brought about it is the fact that seeing. Uh, Laws collectively, you know, the South were generally forcing laws of segregation, while states in the North, not why not enforcing them, recognize them at the same time. So they weren't, you know, they weren't outright denouncing. Blacks had to walk in the back through the back in the North, just like they did at the South. They couldn't use the white rest. Couldn't use them in the South. It wasn't any different. It was just that it was sanctioned in the South. And a lot of people from the from that generation who, both black and white, uh, their stories of that generation and what it was like to live during that time uh, are colorful at best. Mostly out of ignorance on both parts, you know. Um, but I. I I, I said all that to say between John Lewis's speech now and King's speech then, but you also hear the speeches. They're still speaking to uh, the need and the plight of black people. And I could go on and on about that, but I'm going to take a quick break and we'll come back and discuss this a little bit more. And, uh, um, I guess we'll be on um, Robert Kennedy, and um, we should be having a great, great discussion um, on his book. So we're going to take a break. Bigger than ever. Come check out MegaFest 2013. World-class lineup of special events, including sports, comedy, music, and film. We've got the Ball Up Championship and Celebrity Slam Dunk Competition, Cedric the Entertainer, and the Just Church and Comedy Show, the All-Star Studded Women of Purpose Concert, and introducing the International Faith and Family Film Festival, August 29th through 31st in Dallas, Texas. Mega-Fest.com. Commitment to the Gulf, BP had two big goals. 
help the Gulf recover, and learn from what happened so we could be a better, safer energy company. I've been with BP for 24 years. As part of the team that helped deliver on our commitments to the Gulf, and I can tell you, safety is at the heart of everything we do. We've added cutting-edge safety equipment and technology, like a new deep water well cap and a state-of-the-art monitoring center where experts watch over all our drilling activity 24-7. And we're sharing what we've learned so we can all produce energy more safely. Safety is a vital part of BP's commitment to America and to the nearly 250,000 people who work with us here. We invest more in the U.S. than anywhere else in the world. Over $55 billion here in the last five years, making BP America's largest energy investor. Our commitment has never been stronger. Gigantic. It was humongous. Enormous, huge bill. That's actually when we switched to Vonage. The service is great. I don't see any difference with the call quality. More, I can just pick up the phone and call. As it. many family members as I want. Ugh, why did I not do this earlier? I'm Laura Pruden, and this was my last bill before I switched to Vonage. Time is running out to get Vonage World for just $14.99 a month with unlimited domestic and international calls. Go to Vonage.com or call now. At the University of Arkansas at Pine Bluff, I'm part of a place where I'm always challenged to do more. I am a part of a place where I can be involved. I'm a part of a place where everything is possible. I'm part of a place where champions are made. At the University of Arkansas at Pine Bluff, you can get an affordable education with competitive degree offerings, diverse student population, and stellar faculty. Become part of a place where you can get everything you need to succeed. Become a part of the pride at the University of Arkansas at Pine Bluff. of the March on Washington for Jobs and or Freedom and uh, the clip from Dr. King and uh, U.S. Representative John Lewis and uh, both those that event 
and what 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 I got garnered from that event, having seen it and read about it, you know, I wasn't there. Having read about it was the vast collaborations between ethics groups and interfaith groups. I mean, you had you had Jews with Christians, Protestants, and uh, you know, faith groups, Protestant faith groups working together, all for the same purpose. And the other thing was um, the fact that a vast majority of the of the people who were there were not black. Uh, a great population of the of the group were whites who were supporting the plight of blacks and it's it's just it's so true that even today there's nothing that we can do um without the collaboration and uh, assistance of of white people i know i i know we don't like to think about that but uh oh i just got an email um Oh no, that was a different. I'm sorry, I was I was checking something. I'm trying to see if our guest would be on. Now. Um, uh, he was he had double booked, uh, so uh, we hoped we'd be able to uh, get him on. He was on. He had another interview and uh, seemed to be going over. So hopefully we'll be able to, he'll be able to get on in time. If not, uh, we'll just continue with what we have here. But um. Uh, what was what? What was I saying? I lost my train of thought. The, the, what? I, oh yeah. Between the the races and uh, the religions, uh, the religious people brought about the the convergence of thousands of American citizens to Washington uh, to to hear not just King but other speech speakers um, talk. Um, and here, and here's the other thing that that is also not not um, spoken of. Actually, a resolution, you know, a demand, a list of demands that was presented. Um, let me, let me pull this up real quick. The the list of demands. Cause uh, when when I first read this, um. Uh, to myself, I was like, "This is this is very very powerful." Um, that uh, uh, this is taking a long time to load up. Philip Randolph led them in the pledge, and let me find. Uh, what that pledge had it see now it doesn't want to you know when whenever you try to get something <laughs> find something what you're looking for and then all of a sudden when you don't need it uh, uh, you, you, you find <laughs> you find it Uh, 
uh anyway until i find it um Let's see here. Uh, I have a clip of Randolph reading it, but that was not what I was looking for. <laughs> All right, let me, let me, oh yeah, here it is, here it is. Um... Bayard Washington, who was the speaker, Bayard Rustin, she replaced uh, 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 she replaced um, Mega Evers' wife, who was supposed to speak. She reads the. Um, and there were no women. There were no women on that. Uh, on the uh, speakers, um, she was not. Considered a speaker, she she was uh, giving a tribute to women, um, and I'm trying to find it, and I cannot find it. I had the opportunity to meet Daisy Bates, and was at her funeral um, when she passed away. Uh, but Daisy Bates, I had the opportunity to meet her and hear her speak on the march. And the experience that she had with the march, and it was very powerful because it evoked, uh, it evoked the women's pressure. There were women who were pressuring the men to stick to stay true to the cause. There were women who were preparing the meals, providing the housing, and all the other things for. I noticed, you know. Um, Ms. Evers, um, Daisy Bates, uh, and others who were there. Um, um, uh, boy, I tell you now, one, I have just gotten completely lost in that. I apologize for that. That usually doesn't happen, but, uh, you know, that's one of the things of live radio. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and try to leave that topic alone instead of keeping uh, keep trying to. Uh, but um, uh, okay, let me try to shift. Let me take a quick break and uh, when I come back from this break, I'll see if I can have something else up. I'll be right. Jackson State University is not just another university. It's a community. It's a family. And that's not all. Jackson State University is a national leader in biomedical research and development. With world-class science, math, engineering, and technology departments. At Jackson State University, we're leading the way in technology and innovation. 
One Jackson State University, changing lives one student at a time. I wasn't born to push papers. I was born to push myself. To go where I'm needed. To keep this country safe. I was born with the backbone and brain power to take on any mission. This is my office. I was born ready. GoCoastGuard.com Suits today aren't like suits from yesterday. Part of it is the cut of today's suit. Short jacket, narrow lapel, moderate fit. But part of it is the cut of the man himself. Because today, it's not so much the brand of suit that defines the man, as it is the brand of man who wears it. You're going to like the way you look. I guarantee it. Thrilling 1080p HD movie. My beef isn't with you, Lewis. Sensational effects like selected color in HD movie and stills. And amazing photo quality that packs a Nikon punch. Okay, guys. You're a natural. The Nikon D5100, a DSLR so versatile, we shot this whole commercial with it. The compact D5100. And check out the waterproof, breezeproof, shockproof Coolpix AW100. I need you. I feel so alone. But you're not alone. I knew you'd come. Like I could stay away. You know I can't do this without you. You'll never have to. You're always there for me. I'll get you a rental car. Don't use an umbrella. Fall in love with Progressive's Claim Service. Welcome back to the day again. I'm your host, Pastor Lorenzo Neal. Glad that you joined us. And again, I gotta apologize for. Uh, yeah, I, <laughs> I try to stay organized and try to stay prepared, but you know, yeah, yeah, it happens sometimes. You just gotta keep moving. So um, this last little part, last few few minutes that we have here, I want to take take the opportunity to tell you thank you for listening to the show and thank you for allowing me to uh, come into your internet every week for the last three years. Um, I'm going to do a quick plug real quick, <laughs> quick plug real quick. Uh, plug, uh, those of you who listen know that I I, uh, I, I I don't promote myself that much, but I want to take this moment to uh, invite you to purchase a copy of my book titled A Breach in the Family. And those of you who have never gotten a copy, I'm telling you, you're going to really enjoy this company. I used the story in Genesis 38 about Tamar and, and Judah and helped uh, uh, basically uh, 
use that as a springboard to discuss a lot of the secret sins, the secrets that uh, often keeps families divided. And I really encourage you to go to uh, to purchase it. You can go to barnesandnobles.com. We go purchase it on Amazon. Uh, it is downloadable for, as a Kindle ebook. Uh, just, just go. I tell you, you guarantee. I guarantee you, you'll be blessed by it. And, and I probably should promote it more. You probably, you will be hearing more about it. Um, but uh, those you can, will I really appreciate it if you would go. And if you, if you can't get in on there, just uh, go to my, uh, go to the blog page, LorenzoTNeal.com. You can order it from there. Use PayPal. It's safe. You know, order it directly. Uh, it's safe. <laughs> But uh, you'd be really helping me out if you do that. We we won't be on air. I don't think we'll be on air. Do we? No, we won't be on air next week unless something comes up. Um, we'll be closing out the year for our church and uh, preparing for our annual conference. And if you're in the Jackson area, we invite you to come down and join us with uh, at the 146th annual session of the South Mississippi Conference annual conference at uh, the Eighth Episcopal District African Methodist Episcopal Church. So you're welcome to come out and join us. I appreciate all of you who have been tuning in and listening. Listen, you can check out any show, any show, any archived show. You can t- you can check it out just simply by going to uh, the, uh, the show page on Blog Talk Radio backslash zero today. Uh, you can download the every show is available as a podcast on iTunes, so you can download it on that. Uh, and like I said, you we always have a wonderful time. Uh, I enjoy doing the show, and I enjoy you listening. But uh, we shall return as God enables us to do uh, shortly. But until then, you all keep your head up and stay blessed. It's Pastor Lorenzo Neal. I'm out. God bless you.